Great. So let's start. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Natalie. Great. So hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us. What are gaming wells and how do you catch them? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Afogato's webinar. Today, we have the pleasure of hosting Chris Terrace for our gaming conversation wells. But first, let's, start, let's say hi again to Chris. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. It's sunny in, uh, in, in Paris for now, so crossing fingers. Good days yeah, are hopefully summer is starting again. Um, Chris, for everybody, is a gaming industry veteran with 16 years in the industry working on AAA, PC console games, and mobile games. He spent the last six years developing methodologies and buying listening solutions. In his first time, he plays a lot of games, whether console or mobile, and he supports his industry a lot. Today, we're going to discuss the issue of catching wells. Don't worry, we're not talking about hunting big fish, but rather the way gaming companies can track heavy users of gaming. According to data, core gamers called whales represent an extremely small percentage of all players, but they are the ones responsible for up to 50% or more in revenue sales. Since gaming apps usually handle millions of simultaneous users, they are not succeeding in locating them. We want to hear today from our expert a little about the ways companies can track and catch these wells. So let's start. Please remember if you have any questions, write them in the Q&As and we'll ask them at the end. So Chris, what can you tell us about the phenomenon of gaming wells? So it's, it's an exciting topic for sure, uh, as you said. So first, what's interesting basically is, is why the hell are we talking about fishes and whales and dolphins, right? So initially, what's interesting is that that term comes from, you know, the gambling uh, communities. It comes basically from the poker scenes where, you know, like they would see people based on their skills, but also the amount of money that they're able to play at the poker table as, you know, either fishes or, you know, like a shark if it's a professional player. So the free-to-play industry that has been using these terms for a long time now also use this. Um, and so the, the way basically the, the rating systems work a little bit, if you spend basically up to $10, $10 on a regular basis, you would be considered as a fish. If you if you spend between 10 and 100 uh, a dolphin and if you start uh, selling a bit more like uh, uh, buying a bit more uh, like above 100 euro you start to be labeled as a whale uh, but i've got my own category as well for the people that actually spend like a thousand dollars or euros basically on a monthly basis starts to be a lot of money uh which i call kraken basically because like it's within the whales there's a huge difference between someone that spends a hundred euro and someone that's going to spend a thousand euro. It's just 10 times more. So it's crazy. Um, and so you said it already, basically like a very few number of people can generate a really high number of, uh, of money basically for, for the, for the game. So it's super important to understand what are those whales, where they're coming from uh, and things like this. So, and what's important as well is that the, the KPI, the, the return investment, for the whales, it's not just the money as well. Uh, what we've seen a lot is that people that are super invested financially are also super invested in the game, but not in terms just of how much they play the game, but also how socially connected they are to other players. So you'll see basically like maybe above 40 or 50% of the whales actually being clan managers or people that basically help with like managing clans. And 
plans basically for for mobile games are super important because they they help basically like keep people retaining the game because you know like the games put a lot of things around how you're you know just playing on a regular basis but you know like more than a game it starts to be like just a way of life like it's your friends you discuss with them so the whales are so super important for sustaining that social uh, social uh, aspect of the game as well right so <laughs> i love the analogy i love that there's like you have every everybody from the sea in in the gaming uh, world so i really really like it and i can understand why everybody's looking to catch these whales so what do you think of the importance of locating these wells for gaming companies? And also once they are found, what should companies offer them? So what's interesting basically is that the, there's there's no real recipe for catching wells. That that's why basically like the you know like the sea life analogy as well works so well, because it's like you know like Mobile game companies spend a lot of money uh, on their organization, on the content they create for their ads to capture a lot of players. But it's like they're casting a huge net over, you know, like Facebook ads, you know, like, you know, like TV ads. You know, like you, when you see basically those guys spending, you know, like money to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to do a TV commercial, you know, that, you know, like it's if they could basically find a, a much smarter way and cheaper way to capture whales, they would have thought about it already. So, so the way it works is, is actually kind of like casting a huge net and then crossing fingers that they're going to be able to capture very quickly who is a whale and who is basically going to be like someone's not going to spend money on their games. Right. I actually really like the analogy of throwing a big net because it seems that there is like no direct way of attracting these wells, but rather just try to make the best game possible and then you just wish to catch them. Um, so for the next question, we would love to know what are the ways companies can catch those wells? How is it possible to catch them out of millions of players? I know it's you're mentioning it's so hard, but do you think there are certain tactics that companies can implement so unfortunately, I don't think there's a tactic to catch them, but there are, of course, basically things that you can do to very early on be able to, you know, like understand who might be in the future uh, a high spender in your game. So, you know, like, what's interesting to know is that, you know, like, for example, like losing 80% of your players that started to install the game within the you know, like, first seven days is considered normal in the mobile industry. Oh wow. Which is crazy insane, right? So how much? <laughs> it's it's insane, right? So you spend a lot of money basically trying to capture basically a lot of players, only to know that you're gonna lose 80% of them basically the in within the first seven days. So what really is important is you don't have a lot of time to be able to analyze the data and to be able to capture, okay, like who might be basically the next whale that we absolutely want to keep in our game. And that are going to help us basically sustain the game on the social level, but also on the economical level. And so it's kind of like very simple on some aspects. Of course, there's a lot of KPIs, you know, like mobile games are super, super driven by, by data. But, you know, like one of them is very simple. Like if you have someone that installed a game and is able to spend you know, like 50 euros within you know, like the first hours, you kind of got a good hint that basically you have someone that, you know, like might be a potential well. So, you know, like after that, it's all a matter of how fast uh, you can identify these people, 
how much basically communication you can send their way and and you know like hoping as well that the game that you have is gonna interest them because you know like of course like some if you have a lot of people that install games, you also have a lot of people that uninstall or stop playing games, you know, like, so because they, they see an ad and maybe the ad sometimes is not as close to the reality of what the game is. And then if there's a disconnect, basically, like there's a high chance, of course, that you might unfortunately lose, lose the person. Right. At the end of the day, um, retaining players is way cheaper than acquiring new ones. So it is super important to always optimize your game to decrease churn. Um, so in your opinion, what platform features can gaming companies use in order to retain these wells? So definitely one of the most important things, like I said, is the, the social features. It's the first thing basically that wells will want to have, you know, like it's it's super important for them that, you know, like the social aspects of the game is very present, that they can find people like them that are very invested in the game, not just in terms of game time, but also, you know, like are not you know, like, uh, you know, shy, you know, like of, of spending things, you know, like I've been in, in games where, you know, like some clans call themselves the, the wallet warriors, for example. So you can, you can see like kind of like how some people are bragging about the fact that they're actually spending basically for their favorite mobile game and they're not shy basically like to advertise this to the rest. The, the, the other stuff basically that, you know, like our kind of standard is, you know, like everything that has to do with rewards. So it, it might be counterintuitive, but people that spend a lot of money in games also want to get a lot back, but not just for the money that they spend, but also like just from playing the game and from the investment in general. Uh, some games are very good at this. You know, like they understand, for example, that they need to build features where, you know, like you may need a lot of resources. You may need basically to invest, not just time, of course, but you know, like money as well to get, the the best character you know like the most important resources basically in order for you to be able to be able to achieve some events that are that they're going to have like very hard levels but they're also going to have very very good rewards and having basically very high level rewards is super important otherwise you get people that are like why am i spending you know like 200 euros in a game but then you're know, like when i spend those 200 euros i feel that i'm not progressing i feel that i'm not able to you know like get to what the game as you know like what 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 the what are the best thing that the game has to offer you know so it's it's always that balance that's very hard for free to play like games which is how much free stuff do i give how much do i gate behind basically content for which you you will have to put basically a bit of money and you know like how much basically like do i ask people to pay basically to get access to all of this so Right, kind of like getting the right balance. It's it's a hard part. Um, and how important do you think is player feedback in finding these wells and providing them with exactly what they're looking for? So that's where you know, like it's it's in the in in the mobile market. What's interesting is that they have, of course, a lot of data. So they see engagement, they see spending levels. What's harder basically is how do I get the qualitative aspects? you know, of, you know, like what are people feeling um, and what they're complaining about and stuff like this. Because when you look at, you know, like your, your your app ratings, when you look at Facebook, who's a whale, who's not a whale? You know, like we know from experience, you know, like and from, you know, like having doing some surveys that 
whales tend to be also very active members of the community. It's normal in a sense because it comes hand in hand with the fact that yeah. they're very socially involved with, you know, like the game in terms of, you know, like being uh, primary members of, of clans and stuff like this. But if you have to build a report basically and show it to your product manager, he's going to wonder like, okay, on Facebook, how much are my, you know, like whales representative of this opinion or not? So that's why if, if you've been around and played games, you'll see that a lot of games will send basically surveys to their players on a regular basis because they can match the answers of the surveys to how long have they been playing for, how much money have they spent. So that, that's how they're able to, you know, like build net promoter scores, for example, for whales versus dolphins versus, you know, like, and, and also like for new players versus, you know, like old timers, for example. Um, so yeah, so surveys is at the heart basically of a lot of qualitative data, uh, but like all things, when you're basically hunting for, you know, like answers on surveys, you need to sort them out. So, you know, like in sorting out basically answers, it's easy if you just have to track the NPS score, but like when you have right. to do a synthesis of, you know, like thousands of answers, that, that's where you need basically to have uh, the proper tools to help you do that qualitative analysis. Otherwise, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> hard work <laughs> yeah especially like in gaming there are the companies release tons of features tons of tokens characters on a monthly basis on a weekly basis so you do need all of these platforms and tools such as ai to kind of like gather and analyze all these data so it makes total sense um so i also heard that you are tomorrow attending the paris blockchain week summit um, can you tell us a bit what you're expecting there? Uh, can you tell us a bit about the event? So um, the event is going to basically have a, a lot of people, you know, like very active on, on the blockchain and, and, you know, like, so you have a lot of people there. You have, you have some gaming companies, you know, like that, you know, like want to build their games using blockchain technologies and using NFTs. You have a lot of platforms, you know, like that allow you to, just you know like trade your currencies connect you basically with your wallet stuff like this so it's very techy there's a lot of things like and it's 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 fun because like it's it's a lot of people that are also learning together and building things you know like as they go you know, like i was listening this morning because they they started with the nft day uh, just today and they were talking about you know like how to to work on on biggest challenges like you know like how do you get common framework, how do you get things to work together, like how the market is going to evolve, you know, like which technology is going to win it all, or is there going to be several standards? So it's, it's still basically like a very much a, a lot of people, you know, like building new tech and as they go and as they, you know, like work with their own communities, they also build things in, in a different manner. So it's, it's interesting to see as well how, blockchain and community management are very intertwined uh you know like so they there are companies that use a lot discord uh telegram uh, a bit of reddit as well but you know like it's it's super fun to see how much invested they are in, in listening to their you know like users and understanding okay where should they go like what's the next thing that they need to develop in order basically to uh, to ease or, or to facilitate basically trading or, you know, like the whole industry of, of, of that's using blockchain and, and leveraging NFTs. So, so yeah. And, and 
hopefully on my side, I hope that I'll be able to meet more actors. There's one thing that really interests me a lot as a as as a as a community expert, you know, like and an avid gamer is the fact that for many many years, you know, like listening to the community for games has been really up to the producer. Like, do I have a producer that's super interested in hearing out the community, making change on what is the community saying? It's on the goodwill gesture. But tomorrow with blockchain, if I have players that are very invested in the game, the more they play, the more they spend in their game, the more shares in the form of tokens they gain. And so what's interesting with the blockchain is the the whole aspects of what they call you know, like the, the the DAO, which is you know like a form of decentralized organization where the users with the tokens that they've acquired will be able to vote for how part of the money that you know like the, the project has been earning will be spent. You know, like developing a new feature, developing basically a new game mode, uh, or you know, like improving features, for example. So that's super exciting because it's like, okay, power to the community but not on the goodwill gesture, but with like a, a framework. And, and with rights that are given basically to the people that will be the most invested in the game. So that's, it's still a part that basically is not talked about a lot because NFTs have been you know, like it's trusting so all of the discussions and you know, like the, oh, which blockchain is you know, like we should be used and what currency. And we forget basically that that part is to me at least the most exciting and revolutionary that we could have, especially in the gaming market. So I'm super excited to see this. And I'm pretty sure a lot of whales that spend a lot of money on their game would be delighted to have, you know, like the ability to get hurt, but in a, in a, in an organized way. Like, it's not just, you know, like I talk to you, it's like, okay, you have shares, you have voting rights. This is what you can vote for. What do you want? I agree. And these whales that are the core gamers are the ones that can influence the most. And it's insane how intertwined now gaming and blockchain can be. So it's super interesting. We would love to hear about it afterwards. <laughs> so actually, that's um, it on our side on the questions. But I already see that there's one question in the Q&A. So I will add them here in the screen for you. And I will continue with the rest because I see that there are a few more. So here we have a question from Ross. Is it really that important to measure online brand game community reputation to attract or create more well-ish users and why? So it's it's actually very interesting. It's a very interesting question. So if if I rephrase this in a sense, is how much basically your online reputation is going to allow you to attract whales, right? Uh, if I understand uh, correctly, Ross. And and I think it's important basically because you know, like of course whales are going to look basically at the state of the game they're going to look at how people basically talk about the game and and if you have a toxic community it might put them off it might like, should i invest you know like myself and my money in this game if you know like if people are talking about boycotts or if they're talking about the fact that you know like the game is not worth your money it might be definitely a, a big uh, a, a big issue and that that's why basically like you know like all of the gaming companies, you know, like always try to make sure that their ratings are very high. You know, so they spend a lot of efforts making sure that, you know, like their, their ratings are high. But if on Reddit, basically, you have a very toxic and angry community, it, it can definitely not help. But right. it, it's funny because at the same time, you have a lot of, you know, like active communities, like the hardcore communities of the game that are trying to attract 
people. So I've seen this basically in my previous experience where you had people very, very negative about the game, but at the same time, they complain that they're not able to attract new players to their to their clans. So you're like, yeah, so you complain about the game, but at the same time, you want new people to go into the game. So that's one of the <laughs> controversies yeah, that you can very see. Very controversial. <laughs> Definitely, like your, your brand reputation is not going to be a detriment, but it is sure as hell basically not going to help and not going to make your UA as efficient as it, what it could be. Makes total sense. Thank you, Ross, for your question. I'm going to continue with the rest of the questions. Um, so Robert says, hi, Chris. Firstly, thanks for taking the time today and for the really great insights. What in your experience are the best key points to consider in retaining wealth and ensuring their loyalty to a game once you bring them in? So definitely super important is keeping the content fresh. That's super important. Like it's games operate on the basis where we call this live operation. Meaning when you, when you build a game, you're supposed basically to add over time, new feature, new content and stuff like this. If your game basically is not able to sustain a, a healthy flow of new content and feature, the whales are going to consume that content very, very fast. And then if the whales basically arrive at what they feel is the end game and there's nothing for them to do anymore, it's like, oh, I finished the game. But in a free-to-play market, you're never supposed to have your customers feel that. They're supposed right. basically to always be on the lookout for, oh, what's going to be the next meta, not Facebook, but the meta in terms of like, what is the best combination of a character, of a weapon, of a gear that makes them basically the most powerful in the game. Because you know, like most free-to-play games basically play the what we call the power creep uh, uh, strategy, which is you know like always have the highest stat, always have the best character and stuff like this. So if your game is not able to have this, you're going to have a very very big problem in terms of retention. <laughs> and it's a big, big, it's a nice problem to have. Like it's like oh, I don't have enough things to sell to my customer, right? You would yeah, think. But it's terrible because that means if you already have that problem, that means you're probably already losing a lot of those whales. And those guys, you know, like we've talked about it, they're very hard to, um, you know, like to retain. Once you have, like, this is the basics. After that, like I said, you have the calendars, you have the events, you have, you know, like everything basically that makes people think, oh, you know, like I'm spending a lot of money, but I'm also getting a lot of money a lot of things out of the game. So that healthy balance also is super important. I've seen games that are too stingy with their economy where, you know, like they have whales, a lot of whales, they spend a lot, but they're they're not happy because they feel that they're spending too much compared to what the game is supposed to give them. So that's not a good place to be at as well. So it's, it's a lot of economy balance and things like this. So yeah, content yeah, pipeline. Back and forth and testing and optimizing. So yeah, you need to have a very good content pipeline and you need to have basically uh, 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 an economy that's well-balanced, that will give basically a lot of things, but also be very demanding in terms of how much you spend. But finding that right balance takes a lot of data and takes a lot of time. And it takes some uh, very good monetization managers that know what they're doing and are able to build very good economies. That's super interesting. I'm going to continue with the answers. Great answer, actually. Um, so Raf says, hi, you spoke about retention, but I was wondering what insights can you share with us about how to reduce player fatigue? That's an interesting question. So player fatigue, from what I've experienced myself and what I've seen, 
mostly comes, you know, like when the games stall, when there's, you know, like too big of a gap between uh, new exciting features. Uh, and then that's when basically people start to be tiring because the big problem is that all of those mobile games, they, they build routines. They're made in a way that, you know, like you connect in the morning, spend your energy, connect in the, in the noon, collect your free energy, spend that energy. You play your arena at 6 p.m. So sometimes I felt it myself. It's a job <laughs> when you're super invested. <laughs> it's like you have a job. It's like, okay, I have, I have to do this. And then you have the pressure from your clan members because you're like, everyone's supposed to contribute. Because when you, when you spend your energy, you contribute to points to the clan. Those points basically are spent to create, you know, like uh, gameplay, you know, like where you can, I don't know, spawn, for example, a game mode, thanks to this. So everything is interconnected. And fatigue can can arrive when people basically have have it's, it's starting to be too much of a core. So that's where you know, like be able to you know, like rotate things, um, and sometimes say okay, like for three months we've done these types of you know, like features or things, and then switch to a different thing would be good. But unfortunately, a lot of games don't do that. They pile up features. And after a while, basically, you're like, shit, like, I don't have any free time. Like, I've stopped some games, for example, because of this, because, you know, like, I was, you know, like, giving food to my kids. And at the same time, <laughs> like, food, kids, a clan? No, okay. That kids. is so funny because I'm addicted to only one game. And, and I get sometimes, like, for a level, some time to, to make that level. And I get so stressed. <laughs> so I, I totally get that. So, um, just to just to conclude basically on the last question, the best thing that I've seen in like some games do is that they would create seasonal events, for example, where they would put on hold basically some features and then add new ones for a certain uh, amount of time. But like I said, unfortunately, a lot of games, sometimes they do do seasonal events, but they still keep all of the other stuff that you have to do. So instead of being fresh, it's like, oh, shit more things to do in the game yeah. so so that that's something that you know like definitely mobile game companies need to be super aware of it's like yeah you need to create a routine but you also need to keep the experience fresh and that's something that i've seen is much more complex to do i, I totally understand that and we have one more so shaka is asking it seems game developers should be mostly worried about making well satisfied does their voice of customer weigh more compared to free-to-play players how would you go about tuning in to the well community specifically. <laughs> so it's, it's something that I didn't touch upon. So thank you very much, Sashar. It's a very, very good question. Um, so you have to know that the, the mobile gaming industry, like the poker industry, for that matter, have what we call VIP managers. So VIP managers are the equivalent of basically what Or is doing. Like Or is, is one of our account managers that we have at Afogada, right? And, and it's the same, like a VIP manager will have a portfolio of customers. Like it can be between 500, 5,000, depending on the how basically like they, how much they give that person to do, but they have people that are going to be considered like the top of the top of the players for which is people basically like, they don't have to send a ticket if they have a problem. They have a WhatsApp. They can go to its private Discord. They can take their phone and call basically directly the person. So they are super VIPs, and those people basically, yeah, they're the top spenders. They're you know like they're the krakens that I was talking about. Like they're beyond the one hundred euro that we talk about. They're the people that 
might be spending a million euro basically like within a few years like i've, I've heard that story of, of a woman that spent more than a million euro on a on a on, on a game uh crazy it's <laughs> wow. insane and i've heard other stories basically in, in where someone actually hired people to actually play his game and so he had a clan of only people that he hired Wow. <laughs> that are a bit insane like it's, it goes to levels where you're it's crazy so those people they have specific access to the to the to the to the to the game to the developers uh so their their feedback basically comes in nearly like directly uh like they have the vip managers will discuss with the product managers directly and say okay like the the whales uh, the VIPs, they're not happy about this feature and stuff like this. Most of the time, what's interesting is that the discussion turns around, you know, like, oh, lack of content or, you know, like they want, you know, like more challenges or or stuff like this. But uh, yeah, so that that's how the, 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 the mobile industry basically tunes in uh, to the whale community. They, they have dedicated people that they hire just specifically for these people. Chris, this has been so interesting, really. And, and thank you so much to the audience also for asking such interesting questions. Um, I want to thank you again for taking the time to participate in today's webinar. It is really, really interesting to learn about the gaming industry from such an expert like you. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. And thank you all for listening. And don't forget to visit us at afogato.com. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.